Thank you for tuning in to our Bold as a Lion Ministries podcast. Uh, for more teachings, uh, go to boldasalionministries.com. Uh, we have all of them posted weekly. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe to our iTunes, Google Play. Uh, use all those resources, play and download as much as you possibly want. Also, we're running a Project 500 campaign where we're trying to get 500 sponsors at $20 a month uh, to go towards our media ministry so that we can make it bigger and better for you every single week. We hope you enjoy our teaching. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. All right. Overcoming resentfulness. Now, this may... Uh, it's probably gonna, it's going to be a series. Um, I don't know for sure if resentfulness is the main topic of this whole thing. It is definitely one topic, um, but this this one's called overcoming resentfulness. You know, uh, let's go over here to First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse four. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times people are worried about being resentful, or or or, or maybe they, you know, I think the resentfulness is not the main problem. Okay, resentfulness oftentimes can be a byproduct of what's our, uh, something else that's going on, okay? But what is resentfulness? Uh, when you resent something, it means that you're holding something to someone's account, okay? Or you have an overdrafted bank account. Let's put it that way. That's another way to put it. Um, so either, either you're holding someone else in debt, okay? And you've, you have a lot of people that owe you now in debt, and we're talking about heart issues here. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. You know. And or you're zapped. Your bank account's gone. And you're desperately needing someone to pour into you. And no one is giving you what you're wanting. Okay. Uh, this That's resentfulness. People become resentful. The main point is people who are resentful think everyone owes them something. Whether or not they really have offended them, which is very possible, which usually this is rooted in some sort of offense. Somebody did hurt you, um, and so now you do hold this to their account. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, and then everybody else around you can become a target of your resentfulness. Yeah. And the reason why is because you're just looking for what you need in all these different places. It becomes about self. It does. It does. What resentfulness is, is if I get a, a hot piece of coal and I say, hey, hold it in your hand, and then I drop it in your hand, and you, you it starts burning the crap out of you, and you don't let go. That's resentfulness. Resentfulness is if I stick a piece of glass in your arm, and you don't tend to it, and it gets infected, and... The original offender is the reason why you've got the glass in your arm, but everybody who bumps into you later on gets your flag. You see? They get the repercussion of what someone else did a long time ago. Make sense? Ah, you're bumping into me! Get off me! You know what I mean? You can probably relate to this right now with your finger, you know? Uh, you know, having that big infection on your finger, you know what I mean? This one thing happened. I'm not saying somebody stabbed you. I'm saying... Well, somebody did stab me. <laughs> I'm saying uh, that the uh, the infection was caused by a previous thing, mm-hmm. yet everything after that causes pain as well. Mm-hmm. That is what resentment is. Resentment is um, 
you know, like a rabid cat, you know what I mean? Don't touch me. I'm going to scratch the living daylights out of you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I could take it out on y'all yeah. when I'm hurting. That's right. You're tempted. <laughs> all, when you're getting into resentment, you are you are definitely tempted on taking it out on other people, yeah. even if they aren't I've the sure one. camera a couple times because of the thing. Mm. Yeah. So, in short, resentment is unforgiveness and the lack of mercy towards other people who might not have even done anything serious to you. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we think that mercy has to do with just forgiving someone, but that's not the case. Sometimes mercy means that you're giving someone some slack. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because there's little offenses people can, you know, like showing up late. Someone can show up late. Well, that didn't kill you, but that could still be something you took offense to. Like, you know, you're disrespecting my time, you know? Uh, so these are things that we show mercy on, you know, oh, well, the place isn't completely clean, um, and somebody keeps leaving stuff out, you know, that's something they, they did to violate you or to violate your, your, your personal preference, but mercy says love covers a multitude of sins. And I'm going to do it with love. Yeah. So resentfulness will prevent you from being able to serve. Okay. Resentfulness will prevent you from being able to serve. Resentfulness creates division. Um, and you don't even have to say anything. In fact, you know, we may be even joking one morning. and Everybody's throwing these jokes at one another. But for some reason, every one of the jokes sting. <laughs> There's some resentfulness in there, you know? We love each other. Well, and, and that's another thing, too. You know, a lot of times we are joking and it's playful and stuff. But anytime you feel that twinge, you know that there's some, some there's resentfulness in the room. You know, someone, you know what I mean? And at that point, you're like, if we love one another, then we'll be careful about our fiery arrows that we shoot at one another. This is why one of the big house rules is no joking. You know, of course, joking or, or no joking at somebody and playing pranks and stuff because we don't want because when people come into this house for discipleship they will be struggling with resentfulness yeah every person who comes into this house will be having to overcome resentfulness so if we joke with them you are playing with somebody who's got a wound and you know if i shove you exactly if you're a healthy person and we're wrestling no problem but if you're not healthy and you got a busted up finger and I Give play time, with you, it hurts. it's going to hurt. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's not my fault necessarily that it hurt. It's just the fact that you're wounded that it hurts. You hear me? So a lot of times when we when people are playing with us, I know personally, dude, I grew up getting picked on all of my life. So when people picked on me, I took it very personal. I did too, and I pushed back. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I became healthy, until I got into a healthy relationship with someone. Uh, his name was Leslie King. We became best friends. And next thing you know, he starts playing with me and joking with me, picking on me. For the first time in my life, I didn't get offended about it. And the reason why was because I knew he loved me. I knew he cared about me. Yeah. But we were in a healthy relationship. Right. you know. But because of all of my relationships prior to that, uh, if someone joked with me, I took it personal. You know, and the more I found out who I was in Christ, the more I didn't really care if someone picked on me. It didn't matter. I already knew who I was, so if somebody messed around with me, it didn't matter. I knew who I was. You know, so I'm, if you accept that offense, would it become pride? Yes. And the reason why it would become pride is because 
you're embracing an identity that's not yours. Yeah. Or whatever, you're letting it attach to you. You know. But on the same note, if someone is joking with you and they aren't sensitive, then that's not love. You see what I'm saying? So if I come up to you and I say, I start messing with you and you took offense to it and I don't apologize, then I'm now prideful and I'm not operating in love. Because the goal isn't about being right. The goal is about creating healthy relationships. Right. So if, uh, does that make sense? Because I could come up to you, okay, so if I bump into you, um, David, with your busted up arm or your finger here, right? You know, if I bump into you uh, and you get upset with me, well, there could be pride with that, right? But if I don't apologize to you, then I'm I'm in pride. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're hurting, and it would be wrong of me to just say, oh, you should get over it. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because you're hurting. If I care about you, I care about you healing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's pride on both sides. Does it make sense? There's pride on both sides. Even though I was very insecure growing up, and people would pick on me, insecurity is actually pride. Okay, that but, builds a hard heart. Yeah, it does. It builds a big, big hard heart. Next thing you know, you're swinging punches at people. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, what pride is, man, is when you're not submitting to what God says about you. Mm. When you're not submitting to God's definition concerning your life. So, if I hear a, a word that's not of God and I embrace it, that's pride. Okay. Hmm? No. And then, also, if I start saying things to people and I'm not sensitive to what's going on with them, okay, then that's also pride. It's just not love. It's really hate. You know? If I know it bothers you and I keep on messing with you, that's hate. Yeah. You know? And that is not a healthy relationship. Yeah. So. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails or love never ends. So, it says right here, love is not easily irritable or resentful. Okay? So if you're suffering from resentment, then you really have a problem with love. If you keep holding things against other people's accounts, you know, then you're not operating in love. Love lays down its life. You got it? Love lays down its life. That's why I can take the picking on now. Because I lay down my life. If someone picks on me, I'll take it. Why? Because I lay down my life. I'm not interested in what they, you know, I just don't care about what they say anymore. Their opinion doesn't matter to me. My, my, the Lord's opinion about me is all that matters, you know, mm-hmm. and that's it. And that's a hard one to get to. That's a hard spot to get to because uh, you have to heal. You can never get there if you're not healed. That makes sense? You just can't. Once you get healed and then you get restored and you know who you are in Christ, then you can go right back into the, the mess, suffer ridicule, and you'll be fine. Now, there's two sides of this coin. It doesn't matter what people say. 
Or it doesn't matter what people think. People say that, right? Yeah. But it does matter what people think. Why does it matter what people think? Because if it didn't matter what people think, then I wouldn't be preaching the gospel. Why? Because I, I care about what they're thinking about. Yeah. And they need to be thinking about the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So if I'm sharing the gospel with you and you're not understanding it, it matters what you're thinking. And it matters that I understand what you're thinking. Because if I don't understand what you're thinking, even if you're thinking screwed up, how can I communicate effectively to you the gospel? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But when, it, when, it, when, it, when we say it doesn't matter what people think, we're really referring to it doesn't matter what you think about me because I know who I am in Christ. Does that make sense? Um, I've had, I, had, uh, I actually had the opportunity to minister to a, um, a music singer one time that was pretty well known. And he comes down and I, and he was, I won't say his name, but he's up there singing and he starts talking about the song he wrote and he said, you know, it doesn't really matter what y'all think about it, you know, I'm just going to sing it, you know, which there's two sides of that. See, part of it was when, when a musician put his, makes a song, it's, it's who he is. You know what I mean? He's sharing his heart and a lot of times it's a lot about his own struggles. So especially this artist, right? So this artist was sharing this thing uh, about you know, and he's like, it doesn't matter what y'all think. The reason why was because he was trying to be obedient to the Lord and submit and sing something that he felt led to write, even though it would open him up. You see what I'm saying? Well, his thinking was correct, but for some reason he was still defeated. And the reason why he was defeated was because he didn't understand. Even though he was rejecting what people thought about him, he hadn't really embraced what God said about him. Mm. You see? He was rejecting what everyone else said about him. But everybody, you can't define yourself. You weren't, That's why we still need, that's why we're always looking for affirmation from people. You know you were designed to be affirmed, but not from people. You, you know you were designed to be praised, but not from people. You are designed to be praised by God. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's a praise. You see? You were designed to re receive affirmation from your father. That's just why we, we seek so much to please our earthly fathers. You know? We were created to receive affirmation from our heavenly father. So, we seek a lot of times from men our affirmation, which is pride. Because we're actually insecure in who we are. And so we need men to affirm us so that we feel good about ourselves. And if men don't affirm me, then I feel all my worst fears are coming in play that I'm a failure and that I'm never going to amount to anything and I'm worthless, right? So this man, he was talking up on stage, oh, it doesn't matter what y'all think. So he was rejecting what men think, but he really hadn't embraced what God thought. Otherwise, he would care what they thought, you see? Because once I know what God says about me, then I do care what you think. And the reason why is because I want to communicate effectively to you the good news of Jesus Christ, which is the fact that we are worth something. That he made us something worthy, you know? He made me worthy. I'm unworthy apart from Christ. But in Christ, I am so worth it. You know? So, I, I talked to this guy. I said, listen, man, it does matter what people think. It doesn't. Listen, your messages change people's lives. That's what I told him. I said, your, your words and your songs minister to people. It does matter what they think. Now, I, and I told him, I said, obviously, it doesn't matter what they think about you and your identity. I didn't even have the wisdom at the time to tell him that he needs to find his identity in Christ at that time. But I was learning that it didn't matter what people thought, just not what they think about you as far as your identity. 
you know. <laughs> so, because they've gotten it wrong with me for many years. Yeah, it's good. So, what love does, man? Love really doesn't seek itself. Love, it doesn't insist on its own way. The scripture says right here, love does not insist on its own way. Watch this. Love is not is not irritable or resentful. Okay, so if you are getting irritable, then you don't know how to love. <laughs> If you are resentful, then you don't know how to love. That's what the Bible says right here. Love is not irritable. Love is not resentful. What is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. But it does not envy and it does not boast. Watch this. Love is patient, which means it can handle a lot. It can take a lot. Just one more, Lord. Love is patient. Long-suffering. That's what, that's what patience means. Long-suffering. It means to suffer a long time. And we think that when we sit here and wait in line for 15 minutes, that that's long-suffering. Man, if you can't wait in, in line for 15 minutes, if you can't wait on a phone call for more than two minutes, you have a real problem with patience. Your godlikeness really is minuscule. <laughs> well, somebody showed up five minutes late. Man, patience. We have got to learn what it means to really suffer long. And people only suffer long for those that they love. You know? Think about that. Your children, if, if you love them. Now most, I, I beg to differ, a lot of parents really don't know how to love their children. So I might step on some toes right now. A lot of parents just love themselves. Okay? <clears throat> this is why we have bad kids. That's why kids grow up bad. Okay? Um... Now, I'm not saying that you can't do all you possibly can, and sometimes you get somebody who doesn't turn out right, okay? Scripture's full of those people, you know, about kings that raised up, that, that, that were good, godly men, but their sons were evil. So, don't get me wrong. We're not saying that that person is a failure as a parent. Sometimes people just sin, okay? But, many times, we do create our own bad children. And a lot of times, it's in the little things, you know, so he comes over here and grabs my cup off of the off of the the counter, you know, and I just swiftly pass judgment on him and spank him, right? Which you know, I've been guilty of that, you know, for something stupid. But what I realize is that um why did I do it, you know? Did I spank him because he actually did something wrong or did I spank him because I was annoyed? See, if I spank my children out of being annoyed, they will become rebellious. Okay? If I spank my children out of love because I want them to create corrective behavior and I want them to learn from this experience, then they will grow and they will honor their parents. Okay? Um, so I had to check myself. When I was younger, I, I was actually the oldest of two of my sisters, I was 11 years older than them and I was allowed to spank my kid, my sisters because I was so much older than them. And it got to the point where um, I, I was spanking them out of irritation. Love is not irritable though. And all of a sudden I realized that my relationship with them was being severed and I was like, I don't know what to do about this, golly. And I just decided I'm going to stop spanking them. The reason why was because I, I realized I didn't have the wisdom to spank correctly, you know? And now, don't get me wrong, I spank my kids now, you know, because that's just a godly thing to do. But, but I've also learned a godly way of doing it, you know. 
of not doing it when I was irritable. Don't spank in your anger. Don't spank when you're irritable. You spank because it's the right thing to do. They violated. So I don't spank my children. If, if, if I hadn't created a law by word to them, hey, don't touch that, they don't get a spanking. Okay? Ever. Now, unless they're little and it's dangerous. Okay? So I can't communicate. I believe that you should start disciplining your children very young. And the reason why, um, I don't, I'm going to say this and it's going to go on Facebook. I don't believe in terrible twos. I believe in terrible parenting. Okay? Um, my two-year-old's mind. But that's because I begin before they can even talk. Mm -hmm. I begin disciplining them before they can even talk. And a lot of people say, oh, you can't do that. Well, look at your kids, look at my kids. We can argue about that whenever our kids are five years old and see, you know, whether or not it was, whether or not what I did was working or not. But a lot of people don't want to wait that long. Now I got four kids and nobody's, nobody questions how I do my parenting now. I got four kids and they all mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> they all listen. So when I do something, they might say, oh, they might initially think it's harsh, but you can just look at the fruit of my children and you'll see Absolutely. Uh, we do well, you know? Uh, I'm not saying we do everything perfectly. There's a lot of things we grow learn about. Me and my wife, we talk about all the time, you know? And why did we do that? Did we do that because we were irritated? Well, we don't want to do that because we were irritated, you know? Um, communication. Communication. We learn, we're growing now, you know? Yeah. Everybody's growing. I can't say I'm, I'm not saying I'm the perfect parent. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm, I've learned a lot, you know? Um, but, you know, we talk about, uh, this is really good message, man. Uh, <laughs> it's not everywhere I wanted to go. We're actually talking about parenting now. We're going to talk about some parenting, dude. This is good. You know, man. If you yell at your kids, there is a proper time to yell at your kids. There is. Not Walmart. When they're going to die. When they're going to get hurt. That's when you yell. Let me tell you this. If you yell at your kids on a regular basis, what you're training your kids to do is not respect your normal voice. Mm. If I tell my son, son, just like this, son, don't do that. If you do that, you're going to get spanked. Now, you know what I do? With kids, you have to repeat stuff. And you want to make sure they get it. I don't want to spank my kids if they don't know that they're going to get a spanking. I want them to know. And I want to know that they know that they're going to get a spanking if they do that again. So you know what I do? I'll say, hey, if you touch that, you're going to get a spanking. And I take extra time. I suffer long with them and say, what did I say? If I do that again, I'm going to get a spanking. All right, son. So you understand. I understand. If you do that again, you're getting a spanking. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, when you make them say yes, sir, you verbally have them submit to you. In their heart, they learn how to submit to you before they even do it. That's why I make my kids say yes, sir. Uh, I literally will sometimes, I'll have them, I say, son, clean up your room. And he'll keep playing. And I'll say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he'll get right back up and start doing it. And I didn't have to repeat myself. I just had to have him say yes, sir. Because he already heard me. He just hadn't submitted yet. So I'm teaching my children how to say yes, sir, so that in their heart they submit, and then they get up and do it. But when you speak, think about this. You can, you think, and then you speak, and then you do. Whatever you think about is what you're going to say. Whatever you say is whatever you're going to do. Okay? So if you complain and grumble and whatever, that's what you're going to end up, you're gonna, life's going to lead to destruction. But if your, life's, if your mouth is full of hum, humbleness and submission, that's what you're going to follow that too. Make sense? So I teach my children how to speak submission. Say yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
and then they do it. A lot of times I don't even have to repeat what I said. They already heard what I said. They just haven't submitted yet. So when I say, hey, say yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if they don't do it, do you not? did you not hear what I said? So the, the thing is, I'm, I want to communicate to my children and I want them to communicate back to me the instructions I've given them. If they communicate back to me, if they say yes, sir, then I know they got it. If they say, does that make sense? And there's no, now there's no excuse. When you do that again, you violate this law we just said, we just talked about, that we verbally made a contract about. So you have to make contracts with your children. <laughs> it's powerful stuff. Now, I'm not saying mercy isn't a place for your children. I mean, but they have to appreciate mercy. Um, so, anyway, I, te I teach my, this is how I teach my kids. And I make them talk back to me. Hey, not talk back to me rude. If they talk back to me rude, they already know well enough that you talk back to dad or mom, it's over. That's mm -hmm. spanking right there. We ain't even talking about it. There's no, yeah. there's no trial. There's no jury. Bam, you get a spanking, you know? <laughs> and so that one is a swift one. Anytime rebellion is in place, you swiftly take care of rebellion. Anytime they throw a fit... You swiftly take care of that one. But there's other things you don't swiftly take care of, you know? Those are the two that, that, that get swiftly taken care of, you know what I mean? Lying, rebellion, you know? Those types of things get taken care of immediately. There's no trial, there's no jury, there's no discussion. You get that busting right now, you know? Um, but anyway, so I'm teaching this. I feel like I should be teaching this. This, this is so strange. Um, all right, so check this out. Um... If I'm yelling at my kids, I'm training them that my normal voice is not important. Okay? So, like I said, I'll talk to my kid with a normal voice. Hey, if you do that again, you're going to get a spanking. All right. Hey, son, go to, your, go to your room. You're going to get a spanking. I never once yelled at him, but he'll start crying right then. Because he knows I'm not a liar. See, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, follow through and consistency. And your normal voice must be authoritative. They must respect your normal voice. If I'm always yelling at my kids, that means first of all, my bark is worse than my bite. If I'm if I'm constantly yelling, that means you don't. If you're yelling, that means that you don't even believe what you're saying. <laughs> if you're yelling at them and you've lost control, see. That's an ancient situation. That's true. Yelling means you've lost control. Now, if you. What yelling is a sign of is that you felt like you've lost control of everything around you. Mm -hmm. So you're yelling now because you can't control what's happening. Well, then you start to lose control yourself. Okay? The only way you're ever going to bring peace to a situation is if you're at peace in self. Okay? People follow peace. When they see someone who's peaceful, yeah. they'll follow that person. Yeah. Okay? And... This is why, you know, I'm effective with my children. Because I, I, I don't yell. You know, my yells to my children are saved for very special times. <laughs> the last time I yelled at my daughter was because she was because she talked back to my wife. Okay? And I was in the other room and I heard it. And I swiftly went and got the board, come into the room, and I and I raised my voice and I said, You don't ever talk to mama like that ever again. And the reason why was because I was squashing rebellion. The fear of God has to hit then. You see what I'm saying? So a loud voice would be effective in a moment like that. But 
if you're always fighting rebellion, that means you didn't start well over here. That means you were always yelling. Mm-hmm. Okay? Make sense? You, if it, they have already rebelled in there. See, you've got to squash rebellion in the heart before it ever comes out in the mouth. You can see it. And they're pouting. That's rebellion. You didn't have to say nothing. I take care of that too. Hey, you're not being grateful right now. And I start correcting and reproofing. Those little pouts, those are those are easy to, to squash. You don't have to spank for that. You know what I'm saying? You just talk it out. Now, you may enforce it with a spanking or something later on, but the only time you do that is when they act out on it. But you've got to squash rebellion in the heart when you see it on their face. You know? And they also... The rebellion comes because of lack of trust. If you say, I'm going to spank you, and you never do, they ain't going to trust you. That's when rebellion happens. Consistency. So, if you are always threatening, but you're never following through, then that creates lack of trust, which creates rebellion. 